You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. That was just a, a quick report on our recently concluded build conference uh, in uh, EN4. Just uh, this week, we had about 450 uh, delegates coming from 50 nations. Uh, we took about three days to, uh, to have this conference. This is actually an annual conference. We used to call it APEC, but now we've actually called it BUILD because uh, you know, the, the theme of this uh, uh, year's conference is on the Holy Spirit. You know, some of the reports that happened, we were so encouraged because uh, one of the particular report or the story that was shared in that conference was a story on um, seemingly a, a seeming tragedy but became a redemptive story. Uh, in, um, in Indonesia, you probably heard of the earthquake and the tsunami that hit about a week ago. We have our uh, Every Nation uh, Jakarta send a 10 days mission team there, particularly in that city of Palu, Indonesia. And so they have a team there uh, ongoing, uh, ministering uh, for 10 days. And while they were ministering there, uh, three of the uh, 10 days team stayed in their hotel. This is the, the hotel. Uh, you know, the rest of the team were probably outside ministering. They were here maybe resting and maybe uh, just uh, planning for uh, that particular day. And then the earthquake hits, and this is what happened to the hotel right after the earthquake hits. So three of them actually were inside that building trapped. How many of you know that that is a, you know, seemingly tragic story? But the thing is, uh, two of the members of uh, the team... Uh, the room was located, I don't know which part of the hotel, but somehow the building did not fall down like this. It actually went like this. Okay, So it fell on its side. And so the room of the two ended up being on top of the rubble. All they did was to walk out from the window of the hotel as if that's the new door uh, for the hotel. How many of you that's a great story? But one particular... Uh, you know, missioner or a te- part of the member of the team was still trapped there. She's a lady who was just recently, you know, uh, been uh, convert not recently converted, but maybe uh, quite a while. But she came from a Muslim background, and for the first time, her parents allowed her to go to join ten days missions, and she was trapped there in the hotel. In fact, what happened was her room was. Not on top, but it was way beneath in the bottom of the rubble. But the good redemption story here is that, you know, the, uh, the beams of her room actually kind of protected her. And all she did was to pray. And she fasted for about 30 hours. And, uh, you know, while she was praying, she, you know, she kind of slept. Uh, you know, I don't know how many hours she slept. But when she woke up the next time, uh, you know, after 30 hours, she was actually out already of the rubble. And they saved her. And she was already in the hospital. How many of you know that is the hand of God saving her? When they treated all of them, the, these three um, you know, people who were part of the team, they, uh, they saw some scratches and some bruises. But not one bone was broken from their body. That was really the hand of God. Amen. That's an amazing story. And we love hearing stories of redemption and stories of, you know, seemingly, you know, it could have been ending tragic, but yet God in His sovereignty and in His power and His will, stepping in and saving us from whatever tragedy we can actually go through. And 
Today, we're going to be looking at a new series, and the title of the series is actually The Story of Us, okay? Not The House of Us, okay? The Story of Us. And this is the story of redemption, the story of how God created man and how we fell from that. Just a three-week series on this, and this is actually a preaching on biblical anthropology, okay? I know it's such a big word when you talk about anthropology. It's the study of man. Okay, uh, anthropo, uh, anthropos means man. Uh, logi or logos uh, means uh, word or discourse. And so we're gonna look at that. And what a fitting way for us to start. Then you know, in, in, and uh, we're gonna be looking at the very first book, of course. When you talk about uh, when you talk about the study and the the origin of man, we will find that particular story in Genesis chapter one. So I want you to all uh, open your Bibles if you have your Bibles. Genesis chapter one. Just open in page one. Okay. That's the first uh, page of your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. I'd like to invite everyone to stand up with me as we read God's Word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and then we will jump to verse 26 to 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of of the waters. Let's jump to verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. Everybody say, very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we are so grateful for our time this morning to talk about your story with us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have created us into your image and likeness. That, Lord, ultimately that you have a plan and a purpose for man. And that you've called us, Lord God, to fill the earth, to have, have dominion and to rule over it, Lord, to rule righteously. And I thank you that we will, Lord, in our own functions, Lord God, whether our jobs, our school, that we will spread the glory of God wherever we are. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This particular text you're familiar with because we just talked about this about two weeks ago in the Beat series when we talked about the mission of God. But we're going to be focusing on the image of God and how we were all created by God. One of the chief concerns of uh, you know, the people today is the origin of man. You know, they're asking, how did we come about? Were we created beings? Did we evolve from 
the, you know, the basic cellular forms of life. Mankind wants to know where he came from, and also we would like to know where we are going. So in Genesis chapter 1, we just read this, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's very clear that we see that the very scripture itself, when you talk about anthropology, the study of man, you know, I believe that the, the best authoritative material or book that can actually bring about the truth of God's word is really coming from the Bible itself. That God himself, that even before the creation, God is already existing. The Bible says that even before he started creating things, he's already been there. In the beginning, God. When everything that the time we know of, you know, ever existed, God has already existed. Pre-earth, pre-heavens, pre-universe, before everything has been created by his word, God's already been there. And how many of you know that that is encouraging that in many times when we go through a situation in life, when we feel like God is not there, He's there already waiting for us. God's been there all along. This word created comes from the Greek word ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. When God created something, He created something out of nothing. That's how powerful and creative our, our Almighty God is. He created everything by the mere power of His spoken word. When he said, let there be light, there was light. Here we can see that, you know, God is the ultimate being. He was there before we were, you know, before we actually opened up our, our eyes. He was there before everything else ever existed. And what this means is also that everything basically originates from the heart of God. That whatever material we're enjoying, everything has been originated from God. You know, when you talk about the story of us, you know, I'd like to have like three parts of the story. First part of the story is our origin. Everybody say origin. Then we're going to talk about our identity. And then lastly, we're going to talk about our purpose. But really, the question of many is, where did man really come from? Our origin. And I'm pretty sure that by now you're convinced that we all came from God himself, right? Not monkeys, right? But there are three thoughts that's being presented out there, major thoughts. First is a thought on atheistic evolution. How many of you have, talk, you know, have uh, actually been familiar with evolution? Have, have you heard of this? It's called the theory of evolution. It holds the theory of spontaneous generation, that all forms of animals and plants evolve from more primitive life forms that somehow we all came from a basic protozoa and eventually became a tadpole maybe became a frog and that frog eventually became a more advanced species of a reptile and then this reptile eventually evolved into a i don't know a higher form of being with four legs, whether a chimpanzee or an orangutan or maybe an ape. And, uh, you know, the posture before was like that. Eventually, the evolution is we actually straighten our back and we walked straight and started learning language. This remains a theory, by the way, and this has not been proven as a fact. 
In fact, the missing links in the transitional stages of the evolution process, as some scientists are claiming, is still yet to be found. They couldn't find it because, guess what? It's not there. We never evolved from the planet of the apes. Yeah, it's an interesting movie, but how many of you know that the highest form of intelligence in the whole universe is man itself and not monkeys? You and I are made in the image of God. We did not come from monkeys. We didn't come from monkeys. Another thought or theory is the theistic evolution, and this is actually a teaching or a belief that God somehow created the earlier life forms, the basic life forms, and the higher life forms eventually evolved out of that. This is definitely not true. When you talk about God creating something, He didn't just create basic things as the foundation of evolution, He created all things according to their kind. That's why if you will see the whole first chapter of Genesis, that every time He would create something, He would create the fish according to their kind, and the animal according to their kind, and the beasts according to their kind. They didn't evolve from one kind to the next. And what this particular teaching is saying that somehow, yes, God created, maybe they did a compromise. Okay, we're agreeing with you that God did create some things, but yet eventually things evolved from there and man is a product of evolution. God did not just create us partially. He created us in His own image. And this is where we really came from, the theistic or God kind of creation. This belief holds the scriptural fact that God is the life source. Everything comes from God Himself. He's the originator of life. He is the maintainer of all forms of life. Amen. When God spoke you know, things into existence, guess what? He didn't let go of that. Everything is still being held by the power of His Word until now, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1. And we see that somehow you know, we will be able to thank the Lord because we, men and women, have gotten out or have been shaped out of His image. And there's the order of creation. You know, day one, God spoke, let there be light. It was light in, the, in darkness. Day two, he, he created the sky and the sea. Day three, He created the dry land and the sea, vegetations. Day four, the sun, the moon, the stars. Day five, the sea animals and the flying creatures. And day six, the land animals and humans. And we're part of that, right? Day seven, God rested. And this is called the Sabbath. The first half of creation, basically God created order in the universe and the second half of creation, God populated His creation by creating the you know, vegetation and the plants and the animals and all the fish and then us, human beings. Verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. God didn't just create man. God didn't just form man out of the dust. But God created us with His image in mind. You and I were created in the image of God. You and I were created beautifully and wonderfully. Amen. There's no accidents in the Lord. You know, when you talk about 
You know, sometimes we have planned pregnancy or unplanned pregnancy. Guess what? In the mind and in the heart of God, everything has been planned and purposeful. Amen. You may be a product of unplanned pregnancy, but God definitely has a plan for you. You were made in His image. God created man in His image. In the image of God, He created him. And He distinguished two genders, male and female. He created them. By design, God created two genders, a male and a female. The final creative act of God was man, and this is the highest form of all of creation. Yes, we were created on the sixth day. Both the animals, the mammals, and us human beings. But how many of you know that we're so different from the, the animals? They act on instinct. We have the mind of God. Amen. We have a will. We're going to talk about that as part of our identity later on. Man is divinely created being the crowning glory and the masterpiece of God's creation. You and I are the apex, if I may say that or use that, of His creation. Amen. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are a masterpiece. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. Sometimes we face ourselves and look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, I'm a failure or, you know, I don't deserve to live or I have no purpose. Guess what? You have been made in the image of God. You are beautifully and wonderfully made, created by Him. There is a purpose. And you need to hear that. God did not make a mistake. Yes, of course, this image of God was marred by sin. We're going to talk about that next week. The fall of man. Sin came into the picture. But somehow, it did not really remove the image of God from man despite the presence of sin in our lives. Now, why was man created? God did not need to create man. Do you think man was longing? Oh, I need man. That's why I need to create him. No, I don't think God... You know, he was... He was complete. He's the perfect being. He didn't need to create man in order to, you know, have another way to satisfy himself. Wayne Grudem in his uh, Systematic Theology book says, God did not create us because he was lonely or because he needed fellowship with other persons. God did not need us for any reason. Sometimes you think that, you know, God created me because he needs me. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think God needed anything. The Bible says, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills under those cattle. He owns the cattle and yet He does not even need a hamburger. He doesn't need a steak. He doesn't need anything. But yet in His love, He just created things in order to show forth His glory. In other words, yes, you and I created beings, but the whole reality is it's not about me. Yes, you have been beautifully and wonderfully made, but it's not about you. Sometimes you think that we are, yes, the center of the universe. We had it in the reverse. God is the center of the universe. God created us so that He can share who He is to us in order for us to advance His glory into all the earth. So why was man created? God did not need to create man, yet He created us for His 
glory. Ultimately, the reason why God created you and me is just so that we can reflect the glory of God wherever we are. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for what? For my glory, whom I formed and made. When God created us, it's not just because, you know, He wants you to be the best. Yes, He wants you to be the best, but ultimately the reason why He wants you to be the best is so that you can reflect the glory of God in your life. Ultimately, it's not about us. It's about Him. It's about God's glory in us. Secondly, what about our identity? It says, God said, Let us make man our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And let us make man in our image and likeness. So God created man as our image and likeness. In the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. We are the only ones in creation that God actually shared the breath of life. He breathed life into Adam. He didn't do the same thing with the other animals. How many of you are dog lovers? Please raise your hand. You're dog lovers. Okay, you have a dog. Okay, great. How many of you are cat lovers? Cat lovers. You do anything or everything to save cats. Okay. That's great. No matter how special though your dog is or your cat is, I want to be careful here. <laughs> you are much more valuable than them. And sometimes we treat our animals more valuable than people. It's just so sad that we'd rather, you know, like yesterday, I think there was a protest in BGC for cats. Because there was, I don't know, maybe the, the case was there, they're cleaning up the city and they were protesting because of the way they treat cats. And definitely I agree with that advocacy that you need to respect animals, and that you need to, you know, not be violent against animals. But yet sometimes we've got it totally on the opposite value system because. We treat people with disrespect. We don't value people. Abortion is an option. Some people would rather save cats and dogs and not human beings like babies. Human beings are the crowning glory of God because we have been made in the image of God. And this image of God is known as Imago Dei. Wherein somehow God has stamped His basic attributes in man. We're not God like Him. But yet we share in the qualities of God and some attributes of God in us. It says the fact that man is in the image of God means that man is like God and represents God. I want to just emphasize we are like Him. We are not God. We are not the Son of God, right? Okay, We are like God. So man is like God in the following ways. Number one, you've got intellectual ability. How many of you use it daily? Please. Okay, use your IQ, right? We use it. Man is a being with reason, with intelligence, with imagination. We, we use our intellect, the ability to express ourselves in language, 
Some people are gifted with not just one or two or three languages, but they speak multiple languages. That's the intellectual capability of man. Dogs don't do that. They have one language. They bark. But they can't have the ability to interpret. We are spiritual in nature. We are immortal beings. There's a spirit in us that lives forever. Amen. Though outwardly we are being wasted away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That part of you, the real part of us, is in the inside of us. Amen. We're spiritual beings. We're called to live moral lives. Somehow, God has placed morality in us. The sense of right and wrong. You don't have to be a Christian in order for you to have this. Even before you became a Christian, the image of God has been stamped in you. Somehow you know that there's something wrong in a situation because of the conscience that God has placed there inside of us. We're moral beings. Sense of justice. You know, somehow there's an echo of a voice that resonates in the heart of every man, whether Christian or non-Christian, whether Western world or Eastern world, whether, you know, free democratic world or communist world. There's a sense of justice that if something or someone is going through an injustice, our hearts would cry out for that person. You know, Black Lives Matter in the U.S. You know, why are they, you know, every, every time there's an abuse of, you know, policemen against, you know, colored people. Why is it that, you know, people somehow rise up and say, this is not fair. Victims of abuse or heinous crimes. You see a child there being traded in human trafficking. You don't have to be a Christian to have a sense of justice inside of you. Why is that? Because God placed it there. You will somehow say, this is wrong. And we will cry out for justice. Extrajudicial killings. We will cry out for justice there. And so on and so forth. Creativity has been imparted to us by God. Creativity in the arts, in technology, in science, in medicine. Somehow, God, you know, God has given you and me different forms of creativity. How many of you consider yourself as a creative person? Please raise your hand. I thought I am a, more of a logical person, you know, but guess what? Even part of logic is creative. You are called to create something. And the way that we actually act on something, when you start creating things, that is a God-like quality inside of you that creates. Whether you draw whether you build something like, you know, the kids love making slime. You know, I wonder why my kids always finish my shaving cream in the house. They always ask me to buy glue because they want to create something. You know, innate in a little person's life, even us as adults, is the ability to create there's a longing for beauty that God has placed inside of us. Have you ever noticed that you like looking at beautiful things? Whether it's looking at the sunset. How many of you enjoy just watching the sun? If you're in a beach, you know, I just, I just love watching the sunset. 
Why is it? Why don't we get tired of looking at this? And you know, we know that after a few minutes, it's gone. And the next day will be another day for you to catch the same sunset. There's a longing for us to look at beautiful things. God placed it there. Every time He created, in every single day, He summarized everything as, it is good. On the last day, when He was looking at all His creation, He was enjoying the beauty of His creation, He said, it's very good. That's a God-like quality there. You've been made in the image of God. You're valuable more than what you think you are. We're wired for relationships. I think this is where we see the, you know, somehow God really just expressing Himself to us. When He said, let us, God was not alone, He created us. The triune God was there already. Let us, he, they, he said. He was talking to the Spirit. He was talking to His Son. Let us create every, everything. Create man in our image and likeness. Perfect relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And somehow God has called us and made us for community. You know, there's new studies that shows that the people who live the longest are those who have the most meaningful connections in their life. People who live way beyond like 80s or 90s. I was just blessed watching the video of uh, the grandmother of Eileen. She shared it on YouTube. In her 98th birthday, she was making a speech and she was thanking everybody. Thank you for the love that you've shown me. I'm living long because of the love that I receive and the love that I'm giving. That's a secret. You want to live long? How many of you would like to live long? Give love. Not only on Christmas Day. Give love every day. We're love beings. God created us that way. We're not created to hate. We're created to love. When you as a mom saw your baby, you've loved that baby even if that baby has not done anything yet. Because it's out of His love that He created us. The created universe cannot respond to the love of God. Guess what? Only man can respond back to the love that He is showing us. Man was created by love, created for love, and created to reciprocate love. That's who we are. Without love, man's heart remains empty and void. The question is, have you loved genuinely, sacrificially, unconditionally? Lastly, it's our purpose. Everybody say, our purpose. You know, ultimately, we're created for a purpose. I believe God stamped the image of God, not just so that we can look like Him, but He created us so that we can serve a specific purpose. Without purpose, we will be hopeless. Man has always been looking for something that is beyond his own life. One of the questions of man to himself is, why am I here? What's the reason for our existence? And guess what? The basic answer is to glorify God in everything that we do. That is really why we are here for. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, everybody say, whatever you do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. That's our purpose, to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. And it said in verse 26, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. This is like our job description. Have dominion over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The reason why God created man and woman is because of this purpose. By design, the ability to procreate is only done by a male and a female. You go back to scriptures and you understand the whole reason behind the mind and the heart of the one who made us. If you want to find out what's the purpose of your gadget, iPhone, or, or a Samsung, or whatever, how to maximize that, you go back to the operating manual. And you use it accordingly to the design of the manufacturer in order to maximize it. You don't just use it as a paperweight. You use it as a tool. And God actually created us male and female by design so that we can be fruitful we can multiply, we can fill the earth, and we can subdue it. There's some practical things, three quick takeaways before we end this preaching this morning. Number one, we are called to rule. Everybody say rule. Think of Imago Dei in the concept of a kingdom. You know, in the ancient world, the kings would actually mark out their boundaries by making images or you know, monuments of themselves, marking that that is the boundary of my territory. They would actually put you know, images. And God is setting us up as His image. We are image bearers. And when you and I are called to rule, what this means is wherever you go and whatever you do in life, you're called to take dominion whether you're working in the office, if you are a call center agent, if you are a banker, if you're a lawyer, if you are a business person, you are to rule in according to His specified way of ruling things, which is in accordance to His righteousness. You are an image bearer. You actually are marking the territory and the domain of God in that particular place in your office. The territory of God is not just limited in the church. Amen. The territory of God is actually extended in every area of life where the Christians are in. And I hope that you consider that as a privilege of God allowing you to become His image bearer. To carry the message of Christ's rulership wherever we go. One of the pastors was asked to pray for the people who are going through persecution. And he was, as he was praying, he was sharing that he was incarcerated or put into prison 19 times. 
And every time he would actually go to court, they would ask him to recant and deny Christ. And he would always have a consistent answer before the court. And he would say, how can I deny my master who loved me and gave his life for me? Even in prison, he ruled there and became a testimony for God himself. We're called to represent. Rule, represent. We represent God to creation. We are called ambassadors of Christ. Guess what? People are watching us. The moment that you say you're a Christian, guess what? In, in, in your office, people are watching your life. They'll watch the way you speak, the way you treat other people. First, of course, they will persecute you. How many of you have faced some persecution, basic persecution? They'll mock you, you know, Christian, you know, hallelujah, or whatever. But yet, in times of troubles, guess who the person that they will go to? You. Because you represent God and you're an ambassador of the kingdom. And lastly, we're called to respect life. Humans have inherent worth and dignity. Imago Dei means that we respect and value every human form from conception to natural birth. We're called to value life. We're not to discriminate people. We're called to put a high level of respect and even extend our love. Treat one another with respect and kindness because as human beings, we are special. Lord, tell that person, you're special. You're special. You and I are special. We're made in the image and the likeness of God. Knowing that God created everything gives humans purpose and a faith-filled perspective in life. I believe that as God is constantly even today looking at us I believe that in his heart he would still say these same words as he looks at you and me doing what we're called to do whether in full-time ministry or non-full-time capacity whether you're in a business whether you're in your school as a student whether it's in a home as a, as a housewife, raising up kids, I believe this, this same words is still being echoed today. He saw everything that he had made. And behold, he would say, it is very good. When God looks at you and me, his remark is very good. You're not a failure. You're made in my image. You're valuable in his eyes can we just bow our heads right now as you come to a close Father we're so grateful for this story of creation thank you for loving us thank you for making us and creating us into your image and likeness though as human beings we were marred by sin we're going to talk about that next week but I thank you, Lord God, that you have purpose to redeem us through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It was a perfect creation from day one. Yet when sin came, it all fell from there. 
But I thank you that you have sent your son Jesus to be on a rescue mission, to rescue mankind, to rescue us from where we are, and to put a new hope, to, to bring about a new creation in us. That's why we can celebrate that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. And the new creation is here today, God. We thank you that any one of us who has put our faith in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done on that cross, we have been made new in you, Lord. As we're just praying right now, as every head is bowed down, every eye closed, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you have not done this before, maybe this is your first time in church, or maybe you've been coming here for a while, but you have not made a commitment to follow Jesus and receive His new life. And if that is you, the count of three, I'd like to just ask you to lift up your hand and I would like to pray for you. One, two, three. Just lift it up right now if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just lift up your hand so that I can pray for you. Anyone at all? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to lead you in the prayer. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, can you just pray this prayer with me out loud? In fact, I want to invite everybody to pray this prayer out loud. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for coming to this world and dying on that cross to save me from all my sins. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe that God raised him from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for restoring me back and having the image of God stamped inside of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.